Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight, we will explore the charts to reveal where some of your favourite stocks are likely to be heading and answer your most burning questions. That's investing and trading questions. And of course, we have another interesting topic for you tonight. Will the Australian stock market experience a Santa rally in 2020? If tonight's your first time watching, we thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. And we look forward to sharing many pearls of wisdom and a few laughs along the way as we help you to gain a better understanding of the market and to profit from the market now and into the new year. Well, we are excited that so many people are taking the bull by the horns and are committed to learning how to trade the stock market safely. It's really changing, I think, at the moment. Um, hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> it's our Christmas show. Now, as you can all see from Dale's attire, that he didn't he refused to wear a Santa's outfit. I got so, a green tie. So I can call you the Grinch, can't I? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the Grinch. Mm. I'm, the, I'm yeah. the Grinch. Good on you. But I mean, no, what we're doing tonight is we're going to be talking a bit about that. You know, the, those, one of those, I won't say a myth, but talking about whether a Christmas rally is or Santa rally is actually a real thing or whether it's a bit of a furphy or whether yeah. and how really how much it is to, um, or how to what degree we need to take notice of it all anyway. Mm. So, but hey, look, hey, tonight's going to be a fun show anyway, regardless. And I'm sure we're going to crack a couple of jokes and make Janine laugh again. But remember, if you do have a burning question for us, remember to send an email or upload a 30 second video of yourself um, to Dropbox and then send us the link from that Dropbox. Now, please remember. Remember to send all of your questions through to info at wealthwithin.com.au. We'll give, um, as always, we'll give preference to those who are supporting us. So make sure before you send an email, you actually hit the subscribe button to the show to make sure that uh, we will answer your questions. Okay, moving on. It is the second Tuesday in the month, and you know what that means to the people who are watching the show all the time. We're going to look at the sectors and indices of the All Ordinaries Index. So let's get into the charts right now, shall we? All right. There we have it on the screen. We've got the Australian sectors, information technology still leading the way and energy is still lagging significantly. So at the bottom of the list there, this is the yearly data we're looking at. We can see that, did you just have to make that adjustment? Yeah, you? yeah, I got yelled at because right. I should have checked that before. <laughs> okay. okay, so the um, so the 200, the, the energy sector, you can see there. So this, this, these are the sectors across the Australian market for those who are new to the show, and it covers the, the 200 stocks on the ASX. So you can see there the financial sector still down minus 6.76, 
The industrial sector down around 10%, utilities off 16% at the bottom. So let's come up to what's more interesting towards the top at the moment. Materials is up 12 or 13%. Healthcare, 7.7%. Consumer discretionary, 765 Consumer staples, 335 And of course, the All Ordinaries Index is only at 1.76, being mm. spread across that. How long that changed the last month? In November, really mm. put a lot of changes into it. Like Infotech was up. There was so much red yeah. um, across our market. And still, when you look at it, you know, mm. the, the, the low of the market was in what, March, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. Mm. And who would have thought we're now near the end of the year after all of that and what's going on with COVID that we're pretty much going to finish the year in positive territory. Yeah, I mean, just looking as an example on the mm. industrials chart that's there on the screen to the right of that table, you can mm. see there that it most of the move up in the market happened, of course, off the bottom. And you don't know whether a market or stock is going to turn and come back down again, Correct. which is what you've talked about quite a few times. And, you know, here we saw that the, the, the sector pull back, in this case, the industrial sector pull back quite strongly. Um, but then it just went sideways. And it's only really been in the last month or so that it's gone back up again to challenge this high. But it hasn't gone on. From no, there. no. But I remember, remember we were doing shows in that mid part of the year, like May, June-ish, July, mm. or May and June mainly, and we're saying hey, look, the market is overheated because we're getting a lot of people with FOMO saying, hey, have I missed mm. that one? Have I missed this stock? Have I missed that? And they're trying to jump in or wondering whether they should jump in. And we're saying it's overheated because the speed of the run up of that, out of that March low was really fast. It was mm. like six, seven, eight weeks. Bang. And then we said, you know, don't just keep jumping in because it will slow down. The momentum yeah. will slow. And that's really what we've seen in the market over that sort of period from about June through to the end of October. Well, the sectors have gone off at different times, we've mm. seen them. But in a lot of the, the cases, it's early days for these yeah. big runs that were, were potentially Correct. there that could you know, mean some really good returns, mm. more medium to longer term. So this is really an important time now just to take stock of what's going on in the market, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we've seen a shifting of everything because obviously Infotech was up, you know, high 30s mm. at the start of November. Energy was down 40%. Now, energy is now down 20, was it 27, 29%? Mm. 27%. It came, I think it rose like 30% in November, just yeah. in November. Look, so, I still think we're going to see more volatility in that area. Mm. Um, you know, so if you think to yourself that you've missed out, you really haven't. Because no, this move no, that no, we've no, just no. seen is just a con some confirmation of the bottom, but yeah. it still could come back. That's so our sectors thing. moving forward are? Look, we still like energy um, and utilities because they're potential opportunities. I still like financials yep. at the moment, but, you know, financials have a lot to prove because they're at peak potential peaks at the moment. Yep. So we could see a bit of, um, you know, sell-off on the financials side Mm -hmm. at some point over the next month or so. And then after that, um, in 2021, I think that these areas are going to be quite good. Cool. All mm -hmm. right. So that's our take on the sectors in the Australian market for at this point in time and what we think they're going to be doing into the future. Now, before we get into our verse, first viewer question tonight, I want to thank all of those who did send in their emails to us. We've got so many. It's just, you know, and we can't fit everybody in. And I was really impressed by some of the great emails we have been receiving of late, which shows everybody's thinking. But the great thing is everyone has the opportunity to learn. The better the questions, the, the more information and more education that Janine and I can spread uh, or help you with. Now, we do have a video uh, question from somebody called Peter. So let's take it away, Peter. What's your question? Uh, good day, Dale and Janine. My name's Peter. Um, I'm actually, uh, I've just finished my diploma with you guys and thoroughly 
enjoyed it. Um, I, um, I just uh, bought a position in WHC, uh, Whitehaven Coal, yesterday. Um, and I mean, it's looking good. Uh, it's confirmed an uptrend and also kind of done uh, two Dow theory entries. Um, so I bought a position. I'm just I'm just worried that I may have bought in a little bit too early. Uh, should I have waited for more confirmation of that? Um, when it uptrends, it looks like it uptrends for a long time and strongly, and it looks like it's starting to do that. But I'm also concerned that it could still fall away. So um, yeah, any information on that? Um, have I got in a bit too early? Should I have waited a bit longer? Um, love you guys. Love your work. You. Better call me a good-looking guy, otherwise I'll be really upset. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, guys. I love watching your, your shows every Tuesday night. Thank you. Awesome. Good. He's got a face his mother would love, I tell you that. Oh, look, you know, he's a strong-looking guy, that's for sure, and lovely blue eyes. So thank you for sending in that question, Peter. Lovely blue eyes. How did you notice that? Because I look at the eyes. Oh, look at that. The you... eyes tell a person. I know. Just... All right. Well, Look, answer his question. Well, hang on a sec, because before we answer this one, we actually had a similar question from Joel and Daniel. So we're not going to read that one out, but we are going to answer your question as well at the same time. So on the charts, let's have a look. Okay, so we've got Whitehaven Coal, yeah. Yeah, and he's, Peter's absolutely right. It is a really good trending mm. stock. So good start to doing the course and then really have a, having an understanding there. So we've got, he's writing that we've got, a, there are a couple of entries Mm -hmm. um, there and the rules that have been triggered. It's up quite strongly. I can't see whether the trend is actually confirmed or not. I have to have a closer. Not quite yet. Not quite okay. yet. So yeah, but look, there may have been a, um, a number of rules to get in there. So it's looking good. It right is now. looking good right mm. now. And then he is right. It has crossed through a trend line. You can see how the beautiful that trend is right mm. through there. So really easy stock to get into. But the stop really loss is going to be really key on this stock um, yeah. because of the volatility of this share. And mm. there was always a risk, as we said, when we looked at this stock some weeks ago, that it could come back again because mm. of the long decline that it's currently on. The interesting thing is that a dollar, it's found support below a dollar and then rebounded. A dollar is going to be an interesting level for it if it does come back. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think it, right now... If You're not drawing a, a trend line, though. You're just drawing a line down no, to show the just, angle of the trend. I can do whatever I like. I know, but I just want to make sure <laughs> the listeners you know, are aware... It's been a beautiful, but see the steepness of these last few weeks. I think what we might see is an easing of that because people know we talk about momentum and volatility. Mm. So it's been, the momentum is up at the moment and the volatility is a little bit high. So I think it might slow down a little bit. And what I mean by that is, you know, looking at this momentum, it was going on that angle. Now it's going on that angle. So you might find it's going to slow down a little bit over the next week or two. Um, find yeah. a little bit of support and then go again. But I do like it. I think I agree with him. Yeah, look, I mean, there's mm. significant potential upside if it does take off. Mm. Um, if it does fall below last week's bar, then, you know, I'd be really quite concerned about yeah. it. And mm. a lot more volume coming into it now. But just be careful. If you're not really a good trader, just be careful because you can see how volatile it is. Has big runs on this monthly chart and then has some nice long, long, long downtrends. It's not a buy and hold stock. All right. So the first email question that we have is from, um, it's actually Adrian. Well, it's actually the second email question because Daniel and the other one were the first. Um, hi, Dale. Just I've been be watching James Hardy Industries. Um, 
Yes, we don't want to be too pedantic. JHX rising steadily, and I was waiting for a pullback before taking a position, but it has continued rising fairly steadily into all-time highs. And I was wondering if you see a lot of upside still or have I missed that one, Adrian? So thanks very much for that one, Adrian. Interesting stock that you've picked, and yes, it has been on a long run. I think with the US market you know, going up, it's sort of risen on the back of all of that. Um, it's taken out that all-time high, which is quite... Interesting. It's bizarre that it's gone to a new all-time high mm. in my book, given the way the chart looks on the bigger picture point of view. Um, but that's a nice trend, really, to draw a, a line under. Trend. Yeah. So I quite like the way it's moved, and I think that there's there is a short-term potential downside. And I I think if it went back below thirty-four dollars, you'd be quite concerned about mm. potential short-term downside at least. So you'd want to have a nice stop loss underneath that one. But it is manageable, isn't it? Yeah, I think some people, when they say, I'm waiting for pullback to get back into mm. it again, it's more of, I hope it's going to come back so I can get into it again. I think I'd want to see more downside on the monthly chart first yeah, before trying to correct. get into it. Because at the moment, mm. all the bars are up, you know, so we just want to see mm. some de further decline. So I think I agree with him that... You know, yeah, but what is what is a pullback? Mm. So is it one or two weeks or is it a larger pullback than that? And that's really the context because there's I often say to our traders that we're mentoring through our courses it's different there's a difference between content and context so what's the context of a pullback is mm. it going to be well, I know what the content of a pullback is means falling prices but what context are we talking about am I looking for one or two weeks down to get into it or am I looking for a little bit well, more we've of a already sustained had move a couple of weeks down mm. You know, I'd, I'd rather see a more sustained move down Correct. on it. and that's mm. really what I'd be looking at. I'd be looking for a much, simply because on that, you can see how vertical it is on this, and I think it does need to slow down a bit. So so what happens sometimes is people see the bit of a couple of weeks down, and they go, oh, it's cup down, come down a couple of weeks, I'll jump in now, only for it to fall further. Whereas a couple of weeks mm. down is nothing, really, when no. you're looking at this chart, isn't it? No, it's no. Just, so, yep. But anyway, it was a good, quick, good question, though. You're up it? next. Oh, I'm up next. Okay, so we do have a question from Will, who's another good-looking dude like me, um, who says, hello, Janine and Dale. Could you please look at Nan or Nanosonics for me? I don't hold it, but looks like it may have broken out of a downtrend, but the move has been aggressive in recent weeks, and there may be a pullback short-term. Will, mm. wow. As you can see, it's quite a... Um, volatile stock and has been through COVID and, and since COVID. Yeah. I think it's look, looking like it's finding strong support, but the question really is right now, is it going to get back above that sort of 7, 720, 740 level where there's a lot of resistance around there for it? I think it's more likely to pull back before it tries to go up again. I'd have to agree with you. Hey, mm. you know, it's just interesting. Somebody commented on a question on their YouTube page and they said, oh, Dale, you like small caps. Mm. And it's like, well, no. You do? I, no, no, I have an interest in them, but I don't love small caps, you know what I mean? I think some small caps You're taking them out of context. You were talking about context before, so now well, I'm going to pick you on the context. They're thinking I like all small caps, and I don't. It's, it's like, I think you're reading too much into you know, it. Oh, maybe too. But anyway, I agree <laughs> with you. I think this is going to come back a little bit over the short term, and there's a lot of resistance, you know, that sort of 720 to 740 sort of area. So I'd, I'd agree with you, Janine. Cool. cool. Um, the next email we have is from Joanne, a lady. Good to see. Fantastic. Hi, Dale and Janine. I would like to get some insight on Ansel stock. Uh, which I'm currently holding. I bought them for slightly over 39.50. Now it's been down for a while after the price shot up to 42 earlier in November. Do you think the price will go down or up in December? Down. Join. Okay. Was I, was, I was doing. I was actually working on Ansel with one of our advanced oh. students only yesterday okay. on oh, their trading strategy timing. with it, and we were talking about how you trade it and what you would yep. do and the direction and uh, etc. Because I mean, it did gap. I think it was about a week ago. It just gapped up in price and yes. then traded south again. 
So, but I think I think this has got further to go. Yeah, look, I think it might come down for another week or so, mm. but I wouldn't be surprised if it finds support and starts mm. to inch up. So I'm sort of I'm agreeing mm. with you that I think it'll come down for a little bit, but I don't. I think it's actually going to come down a little bit and then start moving back up in the short term anyway. Mm. How far? Mm. So look, I look. Generally, stocks will drift mm. higher towards the end of December. Yep. So you can easily look back over a stock chart and see how this stock has done and what it's done towards the end of November. I mean, December. Is that a hint about what we're going to talk about later? Oh, it's a little bit of an insight. <laughs> so I think that's probably what you guys can do if you can get on to your broker websites and have yeah. a look at the history. That would probably help. But so I think yeah. that's what I'm saying. So you're sure. saying too early at the moment to get into I'm that I'm saying stock. too early to get in. It's still down. Sit it on your watch list and wait. Um, yeah. But great question, though. Thank you very, very much good for question. sending that in. But the next question we have is from Danny, who says, Hi there, I've just started to buy a few shares, but need to start to understanding how the ASX works well you're in the right place matey because you're on our show and we'll teach you a lot about how things work in the marketplace now he says i'd like to know where to begin and what books or courses to do um, been listening to your podcast and would like further advice many thanks danny start with my book it, it really is if you want to know how the asx starts the the asx has some really good basic information and education so some little free courses there you don't want to be jumping around and doing lots of um, weekend workshops or broker you know education brokers web education tends to be too light on so but you probably want to start with my book first um, but also give us a call talk to our guys and they'll be able to short point you in the right direction and, and see really what you want to achieve because what you do depends on the goal that you want to have if you just want to be an investor then there's not much you need to do it's basically my book will help you do that if you want to be a trader or an active investor there's a different level again if you want to be a trader different level again and depending on how much of a how do I say, serious trader that you want to be, then it's different level of courses. And all too often we find people jump into the wrong places because they get into chat forums and they try and learn off that stuff. And really that's the worst place to start learning about the marketplace. So best place is, is the ASX website for some of those, their beginner courses and, and obviously my book. It'll help you start getting in there to understanding how to buy and sell and how the ASX works and do everything you need. But really good question. Do you want that anything to add on question. that? That was a question. No, I think you've covered it well. Okay. I, I knew you'd say have a look at the book. Well, it is. It's, no, not, I mean, it is self-promotion, but uh, seriously, the comments, and if you watch this show often enough, you'll see every week people saying, I love your book, help me a lot. And so for 30 bucks, it's the best education you're going to get for $30. So just buy it, um, which is, it's, it is it's really simple. You've got nothing really to lose and everything to gain from it. But um, now we do have a question from somebody called Max, who says, hi, Dale and Janine. I was previously a student in your diploma up to module four, but did not complete it as I was also committed to a degree in financial planning. I'm now thinking of re-enrolling. That's a good, um, good thought. Um, I've previously studied a trading course with another educator who teaches how to trade short positions in the market, hedging strategies, uh, spread trades, hedging out beta on positions and using uh, an ATR, all-time range, to calculate stop-loss profit targets. These strategies are not taught in both your diplomas. Uh, for example, one could have made a lot of money recently shorting the S&P 500 at the beginning of the corona pandemic. Long question, Janine. Um, and shorting allows you to increase your wealth in bear markets too. What are your thoughts on shorting hedging positions to eliminate market risk, beta hedging and ATR stop-loss profit targets? Thanks, guys. Max, 
Yeah, thanks, Max. I thought if we didn't get that, then we wouldn't understand the whole I've, gist of I've what it was after. I've run out of breath on that one. So um, we only have one all, diploma. One we don't diploma. have multiple diplomas, mm. but the, the... We've got other courses. We've got our CFD mm. course teaches that sort of stuff. Average and, true and, range, yeah. Yeah, and I think what you've done is the other course you've done is specifically designed just for short-term trading. And so mm. it's, it's whereas the diploma teaches you to trade. And if you don't know how to do... like It's like by building a house. If you don't know how to put the foundation properly down, the rest of it's a one house regardless of whether you learn how to put a penthouse on top of it or not it's you need to have those solid foundations so it's good you're thinking about finishing the last couple of modules of the course um, that'll really solidify everything up but it's the question's more about hedging and everything else and I find a lot of people look at wanting to hedge but they're, they're hedging to me means you don't understand direction mm. you know to me you either trade long or you trade short you don't hedge and I know that sounds really strange because if you're hedging, that means you're confused about direction. To me, you're either in the trade or you're out. And I know there's strategies called stop and reverse. So stop going long, reverse your trade to going short. But you're getting out a long trade to go short. So that's why I say, why hedge? If and you... new people to the market can be mm. all over the place yeah. in those situations, can't they, when they've got yeah. that sort of tool? Mm. Yeah, so I don't have a problem with that. Or, you know, every true range and some of those things you were talking about. So I don't have an issue with that. It's about understanding what are you trying to achieve? And so if you have a portfolio of stocks, while you don't need to hedge it if you've got good exit strategies, for one, but if you want to trade short, then you trade short. Mm. That's really all I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's did you, good. Did you want to add anything to that? No, I think you've covered it really well. But great question, love it. Really I hope good. you're enjoying the show so far. We've lots more to come before we get into that. Now's the perfect time to hit that subscribe button and also like the video. All right. Janine will like you if you like the video, is that what you <laughs> Yeah, more people need to hit that button, so come on. The more you do that, or the more people that do it, the better the content and the more we, we can bring you along the way into 2021. I might even wear the Santa suit. Oh, you've already said you're not going to wear it. Look, now it's time to get into the topic, and just to show that I am not the Grinch. You're not the Grinch. I purposely wore red, and I've got a nice hat. Oh, but have you got reindeer ears? You're going to wear those. You're not, are you? I thought you were going to make me wear those. No, nah, the reindeer is. No, I'm not going to wear it. You look it's like a, bit, a wally. It's a Come bit on. annoying. Um, but I've got a second pair. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Just for you. Fantastic. Look, the topic tonight is, will the Australian stock market experience a Santa rally in 2020? You may not be aware that financial markets frequently rise in December through to early January, which is often referred to as the Santa Rally or a Santa Rally. Mm. And given the volatility we've already seen this year, there's a lot of conjecture about the likely direction of the market through this period. Now, some of the commentary has investors concerned about whether the market will rally or are we due for another correction? Whether the stock market will rise or fall can be a challenge to predict at any time. And although forecasting the short-term direction is important, depending on your strategy, the most important thing you need to do is to ask yourself, how am I going to navigate my way through this or any period on the market in future? Tonight, we'll explore historical trends and examine some important criteria that you need to be aware of when analysing the stock market and we'll share our view on whether there will be a Santa rally this year. All right. You know, I was just thinking, if I give you a few drinks, you'll get a red nose and then the reindeer ears will be don't fine. Don't even go there. Okay, don't even go there. All right, when you hear the word Santa rally, you probably get an instant picture of an old guy with a red hat or a good-looking girl with a red hat and a white beard. And What do you think, Janine? Well, you know what? <laughs> this is what I think of. The reindeer. Oh, <laughs> 
He wouldn't wear the Santa suit, so that's my contribution yeah. to your Christmas Thank cheer. You. Thank you. That's very good. Uh, send presents. I like bourbon, by the way. So. Oh, awesome. Oh, good. Oh, so it's me again. <laughs> On the CanStar website, research indicates that uh, the term Santa Rally was actually first coined by Yale Hirsch in 1968, uh, way before I was Still born. Still cracking up. Yale's I research indicated that the market would typically rise in the last week of December to the first two days in January. Now, some of the research seems to indicate that the cause of a Santa rally occurs because Dale's riding in the back of a sleigh. No, people in the financial industry go on holidays and leave the direction of the market to individuals who will typically be more optimistic. No wonder the market often rises during this time when you're not being bombarded by all the doom and gloom. Think about that. You'll typically see low trading volumes on markets during this time. Now, it's said that a Santa rally indicates whether sentiment is likely to be positive for the month of January. But whether or not the market rises this, during the Santa rally period is not always the determinant of whether the market will continue to rise from there. Given the term Santa rally refers to a short period on the market, is this really what you should be focused on? Or is this the, what the industry want you to focus on? We believe it's just another headline grabber used by the industry to trump up business. Trump up business? Is that a political stab? I thought I'd put Trump in there just to oh, get everybody in. <laughs> now, it doesn't matter whether you want to trade stocks, industry, commodities, currencies or whatever it is. And it doesn't really matter the time frame you're trading, whether on monthly charts, weekly, daily or right down to even into minute charts. You really do need to examine what the historical trends reveal about the direction so that you increase your probability of trading with the prevailing trend. Because remember the old saying, the trend is your friend. So let's get into the charts and see what they reveal about historical activity during the so-called Santa rally period. And it's also important, uh, or some important points to understand is that you really do need to be aware of, of around about the market's direction. So we need to look at the market's direction, analyzing the direction. And in doing so, what Janine and I do is we use price, pattern, and time to analyze market direction, also strength and a range of other different things. So what we're demonstrating is only a real, real minor part of our analysis. And in fact, I get a lot of people saying they learn a lot from our shows in how to trade the market and it's tidied up their trading. But Janine and I seriously just scratch what we teach people. This is really high level stuff and we're just scratching it. So tonight's again scratching it, but it's for those who don't understand it, mm. it's really important to understand how the market works, like the earlier email said, and what we can do. Now, Janine, yeah. in summary, I believe the market is really more about um, um, what we're needing to do is, it's likely to rise during the last week of December, we know that, mm. um, and into the first couple of days of January, basically in the Santa rally, but really what's more important is what is likely to occur in the first quarter, and we'll be chatting about this on one of our shows in the new year. Yeah, so look, just to come across to the chart. But we need to look at the chart. Yeah, so okay. if we look at the chart, we can see there. Now, some of you may say, oh, look, Janine, she always talks about go to the monthly chart first. Yes, mm -hmm. that's true, but I decided today it's really important to show what's happening on a very short time frame because we're looking at the last week in December plus the first two days yes. into the new year. So you can see there that I've looked at five years from the December 2014 yeah. through to um, 2019 because I'll, it'll, I'll show you why in a moment. Okay. So looking at this, you can see that the market rose 2.74% in that period oh, of the of Santa weeks, yeah. rally. 
it's not actually a couple of weeks, it's actually less than that, which is interesting. Then we've got here a rise of 1.58%. Yep. Okay. And I'm going to come back to each of these here. In 2016, December 2016, this is, it was 2% rise. Not bad for okay. a very short period of time. And then it was almost flat. So up 0.13% in December 2017. And you can see what the market's done. It's all over the place really, isn't mm. it? And then up 2.92% 2018. Mm. Now, the one time it was negative in the last, you know, five, six years was just before the coronavirus hit. Hmm. And it was minus 102. Was that telling you something? I don't know. But look, what's really important... Santa wasn't home. (laughs) No. Santa went on holiday. So Mm. what's really important if we come right back... To the ho, 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 or no, no. Yeah, to where we started. Now, that's the first one, I think. No, that's the first one. Is that what happened to the market after this period, right? Mm. So looking here, we can see the market actually dropped into January. But then what happened? It rose super strongly. So some of the, if you were focused on the, you know, the December period, it doesn't necessarily follow that the market will be strong in January, but so here it was. So if you're somebody buying in on that rise, thinking Santa rally, getting in, fear of missing out, blah, all that sort of stuff. Because that's what happens. You're thinking the, if the institutions mm-hmm. go away mm-hmm. at Christmas time mm-hmm. and they're expecting that individuals will come into the marketplace and just push the market up higher because yep. individuals are more hopeful in theory and mm-hmm. then that doom and gloom that's being pushed out to the marketplace on a regular basis is gone, then in theory the market should just drift higher, but then what does it do after that when they return? Well, here you can see they just sold it off Hmm. after that period. So if people were jumping in, as you were saying, to get a a boost from that Santa rally where they promote it, that the Santa rally is coming this year and everybody goes to get in, well, the market then pulled back temporarily, but then it rose strongly. So So you can see here that volume pretty much halves during that period, doesn't it? Yeah, so volume drops right off in that Christmas week in in December, Mm. right off. And you can see overall the volume's lower um, across the market through that period and people are still on holidays into January. And I know we do get questions pretty much every year from people saying, why is volume so low right now? What happened at this period of time with the low volumes going through? And it really is just because everybody's on holidays. Yeah, I'm going to show you what Mm. is important in a minute, right? But we need to just have a look at this a bit further. Mm. So if that was only 1.6% up, say, look what happened afterwards. The market mm. fell so strongly. If people oh, were sucked into that talk of a Santa rally, look what you know followed. And eventually the market did move back up, but it took some while, some time to do that. Now look at the Santa rally in December 16 again. The market did the same thing as it did in that first period we looked at where it fell away and then just gradually moved up over time. Yep. Not as strong as the first one, but it still moved up over time. So that sort of tells you something, doesn't it? Because, and here we've got the opposite. We had the big decline into the low in, into April. Well, it was through March into April. So the market went up initially yeah. into January, did the opposite of what it did on, in, that, in one of the previous periods we are looking at, and then fell away strongly. So it's different all the time. And this is because the market is cyclical. Forget what they talk about with Santa rallies. The market moves in cycles. That's mm. what dominates the market. And that is the reason for these you know, moves on the market, whether it goes mm. into a high at the start of the year or whether it comes into a low. And you can see here in 2018, it was the end of a major decline. So the market moved up, but that wasn't the important thing. It was the fact that it had already been in decline prior to that for many months. And then, of course, we got the strong rise out of that. So I just want to go back now. What I'm going to do now 
First of all, I want to show you what that looks like in a big picture. I'm on the edge of my seat. So if we're looking on a monthly chart here, and perhaps we should go to weekly for a minute, you can see that these Santa rallies represent nothing in the scheme of things. No. Totally unimportant. Um, and that's really the emphasis of what I wanted to talk about today is that it's just a, almost irrelevant. Well, most of what I've seen, what that data is showing you that most of the time within a week to two weeks after the Santa rally, it falls away mm. for a period of time, maybe one week to months or, or many, yeah. many months, depending on what it is. So if you do buy in on the Santa rally, expect quickly after it. It's kind There's of, a sell-off. It's a sell-off. Mm. So always expect that. So again, it's about what's the context of your trading. So if you're looking at, are you looking at short-term trade or not? If yeah. you're looking at a short-term trade, then Good expect point. it's going to be sold off quickly. Um, or if you're more medium to longer term, then you know it's going to dip and you can hang on if you want to do that. Yes. But again, you're saying it still also depends on where you are in terms of the cycles of the market. It does. And so what's mm. really important here, and this mm. is not even, I wouldn't actually call this, it's it's part of analysis, but it's not really analysis. No. You know, it's not what we do when, if you did the diploma course, it's just so legs well, ahead it's just of showing what I'm people just showing data now. and periods of time and talking around, yeah. generally around all of that. But what I found really interesting here mm -hmm. is what the market actually did after that. So if we look at this period, as you were saying, the market often falls away. It actually fell 11.5% mm. after that Santa rally that it had in 2015, in December through to uh, January 2016. So what did it do after that? Okay, this one here, we had the fall. Again, you, you were talking about the decline coming back. It actually rose. Um, yep. This is th this is through to the quarter. So what what we need to be looking mm -hmm. at is not what um, happens in that Santa rally, but what's going to happen in the quarter. Mm -hmm. So the market fell initially in this period here in December 16. It actually fell 3.6% by the end of the quarter. So not as bad, but the quarter was mm -hmm. down. And that's because overall the market was already down. So yep. direction overall was down. And this is where we talk about understanding direction of the market and mm. what's likely to happen is in the key thing. 2017, it was really flat after the Santa Rally. Really flat. Year. Remember that? There was no direction on the no. market at all because the mining sector and mm. the financial sector, they're the areas that really drive our market. So if they're not going or if they're in opposition, period, yeah, yeah, because it just was really strange. It was like they were um, the institutions were range trading it mm. almost through that period. And then if we look at what was happening here, this isn't. This is the period for the quarter. We can see there mm. that it was down 4.8% for the quarter, after a Santa rally that was really short-lived. See, yeah. so it's just really a speck in the ocean. So, if we're looking here at what happened, the market had been down for a long time, and eventually it gave signs. So there are technical rules that you can use to to show that the market was then starting to move back up mm. again. But it still went sideways for a few weeks after the Santa rally had finished. Yeah, that was in 2018, 19. A good place. And a good opportunity to mm. make a profit. Yep. So I guess the whole point of our what we're trying to explain to people today is that mm. don't get caught up by the headlines and things like Santa Rally and all sorts of other things like even, mm. Black you know, Fridays, yeah, go away and sell in May yeah, and things like October. that. Um, that yeah. October is the worst period on the market to, to be holding shares, that you should buy your shares in a particular month of the year. It's all rubbish, really. Mm. It just depends on... They have a calendar of the sort of um, information that they're going to pump out to you, mm. and it just seems to repeat over and over again. So, mm. But what, as you can see here, coronavirus, where we ha it was the first negative one for the Santa rally, the market fell 
um, 25%. Mm. So was that indicating something important? You know, that to me um, was potentially the important thing. So that could be something that you could go back and do your research on your own research and have a look at what happened in other years when the market fell heavily. What happened in mm. December, January in that Santa rally period? And is there some sort of correlation? They're the sort of things that we do when we're looking for understanding stocks or markets to see if we can see patterns repeating mm. through history. But as Dale said, when we're looking at analysis and to sum up that we, we, we actually look um, you know, we do expect that the market is likely to pull back at some point in the first quarter of, mm. of 2021. We think the market will drift higher as part of the Santa rally, which, because it's typically what occurs. But it's really more about that direction from the quarter. that okay, we're, so some And we up, think the market will keep going up like, right. during that period. Yeah, so to sum up, we do expect a, a pullback in the market the first quarter. Yep. But overall probability is indicating is that be the higher? market is likely to be higher yep. by the end of March. So we're expecting yep. to move right up through to January, possibly. Yes. Um, possibly somewhere between January and March have a bit of a pullback. Yep. Uh, not a long one, but a bit of a pullback. Mm -hmm. And then by March, moving up higher again. That's, That's what, what we're, we're thinking at That's this point, because the things, they're all the signs are there that indicate mm -hmm. that things are looking good. Um, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to this next pullback on the market yep. that um, I'm expecting, given the market's pushed really strongly now mm. and we're coming up to a potential yearly high on the market mm. right now. Is that cool. what you would say? That's exactly what I would say. So that's our take on the centre rally. So let's get back into the show again. All right, we've got more emails for you, but before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now whilst you're there. Give us the big thumbs up and click on the like button. I always give you the big thumbs up. <laughs> did you like the little Santa rally? I did, I love that little Santa rally. I was Santa cracking rally. myself up. Now, you sure you don't want the you reindeer You said you were ears. going to make me laugh on the show. Did I make you laugh? Well, you did, actually. I've never, yes. It's, it's never it's, happened, has it? No, it doesn't really normally happen. <laughs> Janine's jokes are not necessarily that good, but no. But this was a good goodie, wasn't it? I even had the, the, the guys who put that together. They've done an awesome job, so thank you very much for that, for helping. <laughs> he didn't know about it at all. Uh, wait till um, next week. Yeah. We have a question from Ben. Hi, guys. Can I get your thoughts on Premium Limited, PPS? Okay. Bought in at 50 cents based on good fundamentals and sh a short-term uptrend. Do you think it could turn into a long-term uptrend? Thanks, Ben. Yeah, Premium so, did have good, up, uh, good fundamentals there. Yeah, um, so, I mean, it's been a huge decline that we've seen mm. um, on Premium shares. Just looking at the monthly chart here, first of all, that's what we want to look at, the overall shape. So into March 2020 with COVID right back down mm. but it looks like it's finished an overall pattern which really makes it intriguing me right now given how hard it's risen recently because mm. it it looks strong and it looks like it could continue to rise over time but right now it seems to be stuck around that 70 80 cent mark um, it is a smaller stock obviously Correct. Yeah, yeah yeah so this is something to be mindful of in the volatility stakes so if you just have a look at how fast this thing fell just to give you an idea of that volatility Right from this high here, over how many months was that? Was that a year or looks like almost, doesn't it? 73%, uh, maybe eight months or something, it fell 73%. Now, yeah. you know, there's not, if you're trading bigger stocks, it's not very often that you would ever see one of your stocks trade down 73%. And that's what the risk is when you're trading these types of stocks. So you need to look at the chart and understand that downside Yeah, but it's risk. in a tough area. It's in the fintechy space. Mm. Um, and it's been around for quite a while and it's been on an expansionary phase. And So yeah. do you think it's rising on the back of that tech 
um, excitement? Probably a little bit on the tech excitement, but it is you, with the financial services industry, it's a little bit different here in Australia than anywhere else in the world is our market's top heavy on financials. If you look at the top 20, I think it's 11 stocks of financial stocks in our top 20. So it's pretty top heavy. And so when you're trying to get into that space, the big end of town really control all the software in that, if you know what I mean. So all of the platforms, all of that, um, when you log in and you've got like a, um, a managed, uh, not a managed fund, I'm talking about like a wrap platform, those mm. sorts of stuff. It's not premium. They're using the, the big big players, the big five, your big four banks and AMP, and I th yeah, they all have pretty much the, the, they've got pretty much the lion's share of everything. So it's a real tough market to crack. So it does look good at the moment, mm. premium. It looks really, really nice at the moment, but how long is it going to keep going up? Well, look, you'd have to mm. say based on history that it's probably getting close to a point where it's likely to have a bit of a spell. Have, yeah. But the indication of that... It, you know, trend lines mm. would be good under this because it's yeah. risen really strongly. And but if it if it fell through this low here, so that's what around sixty cents, then yeah. I'd be quite concerned about the downside risk on it. But if it if it holds above that, it could keep going up. So. Okay, cool, nice one. Thank you for that question. Now the next question or the next email we have is from Lester, who says, "Hi Janine, my other question concerns Dale's comments." Um, in your show, Dale states um, that the personality of mining stocks needs to be known very, very well. However, if one does not know them well, only four or so are needed to make all the money for the portfolio. He states that short-term trading can be very lucrative if done correctly. Um, also said uh, is that the decimal point can be moved to the right, um, no doubt by leveraging CFDs, etc. I would like to find out how to achieve the above, although not necessarily with leveraging. I do not mind if my question is put on the show regards Lester. Mm. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, you know, you can. If you've got, if you've got, it's, if you know, then if you know a smaller amount of stocks backwards, then you know exactly what they're going to do before they do them. If you're putting all the analysis onto them, and it's it's, and I always keep saying it's like knowing your partner. The more you know your partner, the more knows you know what's going to happen before it actually happens. Like I know if I'm coming home late, what's going to happen, or if I say X, Y, or Z, what's going to happen, and you know that. And so it's the same with stocks. If you know, and it's about confidence levels, I think. And to me, it's short term. It, yeah. Like often with these sorts of trading strategies that you're mm. talking about, having four or five stocks, mm. and it does go into CFD trading eventually, but it's Correct. more about the short-term mm. movements on the stocks that you're mm. wanting to be able to predict with some degree of accuracy to, to make those mm. gains. Yeah, I know we did a show a while back on basically trading for cash flow. I think we were flow. talking about income, weren't we? Yeah, trading yeah. for income. I was saying, if I can consistently make 10%, Every, on my trades, no matter what time frame that is, then I can use leveraging like CFDs or something else and move the decimal place one point to the right if I use leveraging of 10 to 1. That's pretty simple uh, and you can actually do that. How you do it is having a good set of rules and strategies around trading those small number of stocks. And when I'm teaching people or when Janine and I are mentoring people to trade CFDs, we're saying pick four or five stocks, that's it. Because, and we're only talking about this today with one of the great trader and a great, uh, one of our people that we interview with Flix, who's worked in the industry and he's exactly the same. He said the best traders have fewer stocks know them backwards and you run it really hard and that's that confidence level if you're looking at 200 stocks 500 stocks or 100 stocks you can't know them individually but if i know with you know 90 percent certainty that if i do x y happens then i can put more money into it and run it really really hard and therefore you can make all your money easily 
on those stocks. But if I'm finding stocks every single week that I haven't traded before, trying to analyze them and understand them and trading them, I'm gonna get it wrong more times than I'm gonna get it, well, not necessarily more times than I get it right, but less times. But if I trade, let's say, no BHP backwards, I'm gonna get it right most of the time. And that's really what we're saying here. So the rules and tools and strategies you use will be dependent on the stock and the and your goal for the portfolio. Are you looking for income? Are you looking for growth? Or are you looking for a bit of both? Is it short-term, medium-term, long-term? There's a lot of variations in that. And that's really what we get into through our course and helping people fully understand that stuff. Yeah, so there is a bit mm. of individuality yeah. into that, isn't there? Yeah, In absolutely. terms of how you want to trade, because it mm. could be extremely short-term trading that you could be, mm. look, it could be indices that you're looking at, could be anything. Well, BHP stocks. can be 5 10% in a week, can't it? Mm. Up yeah. and down. Mm. So so can Fortescue, so can a lot of great stocks. Mm. And if you can get a 5 or 10% move in a week and you leverage, that's a lot of money. Mm. If you are confident in that and you're instead of having like a $1,000 position, you put a $10,000 position and then you leverage I mean, when you think one, about it, you only because you're trading that shorter term, mm. you only have to know whether the, month, whether the weekly bar is going to be up or not, really, yeah, don't you? Pretty much. Mm. So again, but that's pretty good. But next, great question, Lester, by the way. Anyway, thank you for asking it. Now, the next one we have is a question from Chris who says, hi, Dale and Janine, love your books. Dale, thank you very much for that. Um, love your books. Um, the ASX Top 100 requires, now the teleprompter has gone too fast on me. Um, um, yep, the ASX Top 100, <laughs> we got that bit. I got that bit. Um, I think he's talking about the ASX Top 100. Um, look, I've lost. You've got the script? I've got the script. I'll read it out on the script. Don't take my glasses. I need those. Do you want me to read it then? You read it then. You go and find it. Yeah, I know that you're scared to be without your glasses. Sorry, you? guys. So read All the right. question. So um, it was from Chris, wasn't it? Yes. I'm trying to invest in stocks within the ASX Top 100, as I think trading requires a lot more education than I've got out of Accelerate Your Wealth. May I please have your thoughts on Challenger Limited? Well, he's right about that. I mean, you, you do need more than just the book to help you to trade. That's really giving you an overview and the big picture perspective and giving you all these tips and just raising your awareness to actually what can be done. So, um, and how to look at things too, isn't it what's, really? What's, what level of trader is it though? That's the, well, that's true. People in... Probably, it, again, it's context, isn't it? Because mm. I don't know how many times I've had people say to me, I'm a trader, and I go, what do you do? And they go, well, like, I use Comsec. And I go, yeah, but what do you do? And they go, I'll just buy my shares, and then I sell some occasionally. And I go, so that's trading. And they go, yeah, but that's trading to them. To me, that's just investing. That's not trading. Trader, a trader to me is a person running a business. You know, their, their whole focus is about generating income and good capital gains. An investor is somebody who just buys and sells some shares and has a loose strategy. A trader has a trading plan, a trading strategy, solid rules, back-tested rules. They know before they start the year what they're going to make in the year. It's basically like a business plan. So again, it's this context. Mm. So the book is to get you trading and get you buying and selling and everything else. But it is a book. It's $30. You're not going to learn how to replace your income on $30. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, does yeah, it? So a there's point. a lot more to learn than that. But we need to talk about Challenger, yeah? Yeah, look, I mean, this is a really interesting stock that mm -hmm. he's picked. And um, looking at the recent rise, I think we talked yeah. about this on the show okay. uh, recently because we, we've seen this rise, consecutive weekly bars up on that Challenger. Nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it does look nice, but there's been no counter move. So let's just have a look at the weekly mm. chart and expand that up a bit. So we can see there, how many weeks does it look like? Maybe about 
10 weeks up so far from there. Well, you're guessing. Um, I'm just having a guess. But normally, in a normal situation, you would have less than that before you would see a down move for a week. So that's why I'm thinking, I think we mentioned on the previous show that we believe that it's more likely to start moving down in the short term. Now, mm. it could totally defy what we're saying. It's not, um, you know, the situations where it... Um, probability says one thing, but then the stock actually does something else. So mm. right now, that's what's more probable for the yeah. stock to have a, a low any week from now, but it could still keep tracking up. And if it does have a low, it might be a, you know an opportunity then to reassess where the upside is, because this mm. is what trading's all about. It's always looking at what is the downside mm. risk, first of all, and then what's the upside potential. And if it doesn't make sense to take a trade, even if it does go up afterwards, if it doesn't make sense at the time when you're looking at it, because the upside potential isn't there to match the downside risk, mm. then you don't need to do it. You can yeah. wait for another opportunity. How many times have you analysed a stock and, and then you're thinking it's a trade and then going, oh, that's not really a trade now? Yeah, um, and it because happens the, all the, time. the share price could move and therefore mm. you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, we're expecting it to rise to mm. here. And if, if, if it does rise to there, that's great, but the potential just doesn't match up because the risk to the downside is greater. Yeah. I mean, I was chatting with, um, working with one of our traders only yesterday and I said, you know, whilst your trade eventually was good, there's bits you've missed, that mm. which means why you got stopped out of the trade because he was going, well, why did I get stopped out of the trade? I did this, I got the right entry. I said, yeah, you got your entry as per the rules, but then you missed everything that it was telling you. Mm. So there was, there's not everything it was telling, but there was, I said, there's critical pieces of information of the puzzle that we've taught you that you neglected, you're, neg you're negligent in actually not picking it up. Yeah. You're concentrating on one thing, but not everything. And, and when we teach our traders, it's always about use everything, all of what you know, all of and the time. And that skill takes a while. So it you, does. it's all about picking up the knowledge and then mm. developing the skills. So it's that skill building part that, mm. and so that step's really important in that person's understanding. Yeah. What a lot of people do is they hear about a trading strategy, try to apply it, but then they don't, you know, put it into practice a lot or they don't have the, the person um, standing there over their shoulder that knows more than them that can then guide them. Yeah, it's the, um, what do they call it? It's the accountability of that. Mm. And so, and a lot of people don't like to be accountable and that's really why our students get good results. And it's, because you can't know everything. If I teach you 15 things right now, you're just going to be all over the place. You might remember one, but not all the other 14. And, but once you commit one to memory, then the next one, then the next one, and eventually you're going to learn, you're going to understand all 15 and be able to use them all, all at the same time. Mm. And I find people pick up a rule and they get focused on that and they go down that rabbit hole on that and they forget about everything else. Yeah. And so it's about bringing that good strategy together. And, and right now this is looking really nice, mm. but it's also telling us that it's probably going to, the momentum's going to fall, fall away a little bit um, and might be given opportunity down the track a little bit more. Yep, I agree. The next question is from Mick. Hi, Dale and Janine. Just wondering if I could get your thoughts on Blue Scope Blue Steel. Scope. That's BSL. It appears to have closed the past seven weeks above a two-year downward trend line and is approaching the $18 mark, which appears to be significant resistance line in the past years. Hope to hear from you guys on the show. Kind regards, Mick. Okay, Mick, yeah. interesting stock choice there. So I'm not really sure what he's talking about with it crossing over the line. Like, it's actually trading... Mm. strongly up so you know it's at the moment there'd be a, a trend line up underneath it but it's got a fair way to come back to the mm. angle of that trend and it may do that over the coming weeks we may see it dip back down below the 16 dollar mark 
mm. in the short term to try to come back to resume the angle of that trend. Yeah. So look, at the moment it looks fantastic. Um, if you weren't in it right now, then I wouldn't be pick, trying to buy it right now, but that's just my opinion. Um, if you're looking for a strategy on this share, then you know you, you really need to do a bit of research in that. And if you haven't got Dale's book, then um, it's important to have a look at that. If you're trying to practice trend lines, um, you need to really, um, that's something that takes you, you know, a, couple, a year or so to really grasp. And that's why the course that we teach, we, we suggest to people to do it over 12 mm -hmm. months because it does take time. And then you need to not just do the course, but you've then got to put it into practice on different stocks so that you can prove to yourself that you know how to apply it over, over time as the market unfolds. And this is where the backtesting's awesome because you, you will be taught how to test rules to prove to yourself that they actually will are more likely to give a profitable result in future. Because you might be thinking to yourself, I'm going to put a trend line on this stock, but it may not be the best strategy for this particular mm. share. So that's really important to bear in mind. But at the moment, it looks strong. I like it long term, mm. however, and I think there'll be more opportunities to, to get into this stock um, over you know, 2021. But in the short, very short term, there's a risk on the downside. Beautiful. Wise words. All right. Thank Very you. wise words. That's why you asked your name. Next. Okay. Uh, the next email is from Julia, another lady girl. Well, that's fantastic to hear. Who Julia says, hi, Dale and Janine. I bought Sonic Healthcare Limited at a price of $36.43 at the end of October this year. Uh, my intention was long-term buy and hold. I set my stop loss at 15%. I'm currently at a loss of 13%. So looking like I will need to sell. Just wondering what your thoughts on this stock and whether you think it has much further to fall. Thanks, Julia. We're going to have a look at this stock for you, Julia. So what do we, I better put my glasses on. So looking at Sonic Healthcare, you said you've bought it around 36 odd dollars. Um, I'm not sure um, what your um, entry trigger was on all that sort of stuff. But looking at this stock, I reckon it's, it might be finding some support pretty much soon. But again, the, the only thing I can say, and when, when our students call us and they say, hey, look, this has triggered my stop loss, what should I do? The answer always is, take your stop loss. If your stop loss is there, well, your stop loss is there for a reason. It's set at that point for a reason. And it's not about whether you're right or wrong. And this is one thing that I think guys have a challenge with. It's like, if I get stopped out, that means I'm wrong. And they and a lot of guys, we're never wrong, are we guys? We're always right. And our analysis must have been right. And because we got into it, that mean, and we get stopped out, that means we're wrong. No, it's not the case. It's just there to protect capital so you can live to play another day that's really what it's about and in past shows we're talking about where the stop loss is set so you don't lose more than two percent of your total capital because you have to be wrong a hell of a lot of time or get stopped out a hell of a lot of time before you lose all your money so my first thing is right now i think it might be showing some support but hasn't proven yet so if it does fall through your, your um, stop loss you know exactly what to do. And as they say, your first loss is the best one because you learn so much more from losses than you do from gains. And, I, and it's probably nothing ever truer. You learn far more from your losses than you do from your gains. So just do it. Actually, you're doing well. Am um, I? In, um, given that you're quite tired before the show. I was quite tired. I was a bit worried about you, but I'm just thinking, just just let, it, let oh, him go. My, <laughs> He's on a roll. My wife got me on this diet mm -hmm. and it's, uh, yeah, it's making me detox and all sorts. I'm sure the guys know what I'm talking about, yeah. No mm -hmm. alcohol. Oh. <laughs> no, no coffee. <laughs> <sighs> what is there then? What is there? That's what I reckon. What is there? But okay. 
Happy wife, happy Dale. Oh, really? <laughs> so. The next question is from Mikhail. Hi, Dale and Janine. What do you think about Newcrest NCM? So this is an interesting, this hey, is a gold that was stock. a long email. How did you get the long email? I thought you'd like love that. that. That's why, I, yeah, I picked it for myself, yeah. Um, so looking at Newcrest, you can see there that we know that gold's come mm -hmm. off and we know that gold could have a bit further to fall. It, and you know from watching our discussion on the gold, um, this show we did on gold recently, yep. that gold, when gold falls, it's not necessarily so that the gold shares will fall with it because gold mm. stocks are falling. And you can see that Newcrest at the moment is falling with the gold price, but Newcrest might fall more mm. than what the gold price falls. It's not necessarily a direct correlation between the gold price and the company because there could be hedging involved. There could be other things happening with the company. This could be a stock that's highly shorted at times and therefore could be more volatile. So you can see that from the pullback uh, that we saw into COVID. Now, Newcrest, just to give you an idea, let's have a look. Oh, I can't click on this. So I'm just going to... I prefer... You prefer doing it the hard way. Is that what you're telling me? No, I don't like... Okay. Well, it, it, you've got a left-handed mouse. <laughs> All right. So you can see there... All mice are right-handed. Did you know that? As 40... a left-hander, that's more difficult for me than you. 46.5% down, right? So that was... But it was falling well before COVID actually hit. So... Mm. In one fall, 46%. So this is what you've got to expect on these type of shares. And looking at the monthly chart, it's not uncommon for Newcrest to have these big falls right, in the share price. Mm, but after the falls happen, what occurs? Often the stock goes sideways for a while. You know, it could be a few weeks, could be a couple of months before it really starts to get going again. Now, looking at Newcrest, I'd like to see it get back above this sort of level before I'd even be interested in it. There'll be people that are trying to bottom pick this. But you are right. I know there's, I've had a lot of people saying to me, oh, I'm long-term bullish on gold, so I yep. want to buy Newcrest or one of the other gold miners. And I'm going, no, it's not necessarily like that. It's mm. look at the stock, what the stock's doing, not what gold's doing. Because gold will give you an indication. But as you said, in you know, it's not necessarily a direct one-to-one -one correlation. If gold's going up, Newcrest goes up one-for-one. One. It's mm. not necessarily that. That's really what you're saying. Yes. So look at the stock. Don't look at the commodity itself. And it's actually a more mm. challenging stock to trade than, say, if you mm. were looking to trade a Rio um, or yeah. something like that. You know, this stock is historically, because of mm. its volatility, mm. and even in terms of the way that it unfolds in terms of the patterns, can be more challenging. But when it gets in a nice trend... Yeah, it goes. Uh, it does go well. So. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I think people get confused thinking because it, it's gold stock, or it, it, it mines gold, that it, it it should go one on one for gold, but they don't understand there's a lot more complexity around it, like their their currency strategies, all that yep. sort of stuff will affect the price. The Australian mm -hmm. dollar will affect the their price. Production. Interest rates will protect the end, and their production, how costly it is to produce. Mm -hmm. There's a whole range of variables around that, so don't just think gold's going up, Newcrest will go up. Um, but great question anyway. Yeah, interesting, share. Mm. Now, the next question or the final email that we have is from Steve, who's a good-looking dude. Um, Hi, Dale and Janine. Thank you for the opportunity in purchasing your investment bundle books and videos. They should all turn up on my doorstep this week, and I'm sure they'll help assisting me in take, taking better advantage regarding my selling opportunities. Absolutely. If all they teach you to do is sell, mate, you'll make far more money, and that's one thing I absolutely guarantee. If you learn how to sell more, and better, at a better time, you'll make far more money. Um, he says, as you'd know, this would be the hardest part when trading shares. Absolutely, it's the hardest part for everybody. My question is, which, uh, Dale, <laughs> which 
book or video should I watch first to sharpen these selling skills as I'm sure some of these gains are coming to a close shortly and I need to finesse my conditional ordering. All of them, mate. It's I like, love that question. I know. I know because well, do you want to answer got, it? I can remember when I first started learning about the stock market, yeah. I had shares already. And so when you're in that position and you start getting some knowledge, then you start to think, well, oh my goodness, I've seen this. Now I need to know what I've got to do. I better hurry up. You and, get into the oh shit you know, stage. And yeah, go, I better, better do hurry this. up and learn this as quick as I possibly can so that if the market does pull back, then I, I know what I'm doing. So I completely understand where he's coming from. It's not that urgent. It's yeah. really not that urgent. So just grab one of my books and I think and I think that. what it is, it's the big picture. It's more about the, the you know, how, what you're going to gain from this long term rather than the right now. But it's easy for us to sit here and say that because if people mm. have got money on the market, you know, they're worried about whether yeah, their shares yeah, are going to fall. I understand the question. Yeah, and I do. So, I so on yeah. that basis, I mean, it's either I would actually still read the How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20% first. Actually, Miles going to suggest watch the Seeds of Wealth video first because mm. that gives him a great overview and everything else of everything. Okay. And some quick wins, you know, in terms of stop losses and stuff like that. And then start reading the books for oh, the more okay. detail. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I would do, maybe. Well, we have a different opinion, but we often do. We always do. Yeah. <laughs> you no, just that's... kick me under the chair. Uh, that's why you love me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last week we asked you to tell us, do you think the market will be up or down at the end of December and what price will it be? Well, we got a hell of a lot of responses, but the response we picked was from, was from GJ for the trends. That's a nice name, GJ for the trends. Mm. Um, he says, thanks, Dale and Janine. Me thinks there are 7,028 jelly beans in the jar or <laughs> 7,028 points by December. Great show. Thank wow. you. Mm -hmm. I think he's optimistic. Do you? Mm. Mm. I don't think it'll be that. I don't think it'll be that high either. I don't think we'll make a new all-time high this mm. year. Nope, there we have it. That's Tonight's question is, for those who have an opinion um, to share on the, the Australian market. Like me. So if you do, do you believe it will be trading higher or lower than where it is today at the end of calendar year 2021? I thought it would make Ooh. it quite hard for them. So what do you think about next year? Do you think it'll be up? Now, some of you have been following us in many shows along the way where we've talked about looking at the past performance of markets and how you can make a quick assessment mm -hmm. of whether markets are likely to be up or down. Now, that's a really um, key thing. It's not um, a detailed analysis, just is it? It's just a very basic question, analysis. That's a tough question. It's a good one, though. It I is think. a good one, but it's a toughie. Well, look, there's a lot of commentators out there that sort of, you know, lick the finger and sort of say, I think it'll be this. But yeah, based on history, north, yep. we already have an opinion. We'll tell you about that next time. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now it's the end of the show. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of tonight's show and we'll, we hope that you've enjoyed the discussion tonight. Thanks for participating. Remember that your questions are important, so don't let them go unanswered. Also, if you have a topic that you'd like to discuss, make sure you send in your ideas. We'll take them seriously and we, we potentially use the requests for up and coming shows. And I had a conversation mm -hmm. with one of our um, fund clients, direct equity clients oh, okay. yeah, yeah. recently. So, and that conversation was so interesting that I then rang you and said, look, this is an idea for the show for next year. I want to do this. And so then we agreed that that was what we're going to do. So just like that, it happened. So mm. thank you very much to the lady who I know she'll know who I'm talking about. 
Okay, now remember to hit the subscribe button and like the video because that makes Janine happy. And also remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues um, to help keep them informed because that makes me happy. And as as you know, as the show can, or more people join the show, the better the questions we get, the more we can teach you and help you and we get more interesting and informative topics. So um, also remember to put the show on your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube Live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Now, if you'd like to have your question answered on the show, either send your question in an email. But remember, video questions have the priority. We love to see a happy face. And thanks again, Peter, for sending in yours. You can reach us by emailing info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. And you must do this before 3 p.m. Tuesdays to get into that night's show. And you've got to hit subscribe first. Now... Yeah, Peter was lucky. <laughs> hit subscribe first. Um, cool. Well, we really do hope everyone enjoyed tonight's show as much as we have in bringing to you. And as always, thanks for joining us. And we really do hope to see you again next week. And hopefully, You've got your Santa hat on now. For now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Jingle bells, jingle bells. I got him mm. to sing. Boy. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.